Hello, I'm so glad you're here. I'm Gwen, the Mindful Guide, welcoming you to episode 7 of the Balance Blueprint podcast. you're always on edge when all it would take to tip you over is one more unplanned meeting put in the diary another last minute request from a client a bill coming through the door another sleepless night or maybe it's a 5 a.m wake-up call from a very cranky toddler or a confused relative you are trying your hardest to look after but sometimes doesn't know your name Or how about a moody teenager unable to express what's up when you want nothing more than to just be there for them? I see you trying your best but feeling overwhelmed in the struggle. Well, you are in the right place and this podcast will help you find balance in the midst of it all. Join me, Gwen, the Mindful Guide, corporate HR turned mindfulness teacher with a master's in mindfulness as we break down big ideas and frameworks into daily step-by-step actions to begin to calm the busy mind and start living that life you love. So whether you're a busy professional or a frazzled parent or both, each episode is planned with you in mind to help you take action today for more calm, courage and clarity in your one precious life. Today's episode is born from a little seedling I plant in my corporate mindfulness workshops. I'm going to share a mindfulness-based method that will help you have much more successful conversations. And conversations not only in the workplace or during your working day with your clients, with your colleagues, your manager, your partners, but also to change the conversations you have with the people you love. So this five-step mindfulness-based tool is something that you can start to implement straight away and stop having conversations where you are misunderstood, where you don't get your point across successfully or you're not so sure what the other person is saying. Listen up, I'm going to share these five steps with you and let's hear about how you can raise your conversation game. Hi there, great to have you tune in. It will be no surprise to you, I'm sure, to hear me say that the key to successful conversations, however that might be defined for you, lies in two simple things, presence and awareness. And these are also the two very well acknowledged and well-known pillars of mindful living. Stepping back a bit to think about the the technicalities of a conversation. Well, the value of a conversation lies in what all parties give and take. To have a successful exchange, there needs to be both. And I'm sure this is something you're obviously very well aware of, but it's often good to have a reminder. It's an exchange of information, ideas, points of view. And when your mind isn't in that moment that you're having the conversation, so if your mind is often the past, or it is fast forwarding into the future, and you're not rooted in the present conversation, then there's not going to be an exchange. Certainly one that's not meaningful. 
So the idea behind being in the past and the future, not being in the present in a conversation, obviously it happens all of us a lot of the time. It's our human nature. So if you're to think back about hmm, how am I in conversations? How was I today in a conversation I had with uh, my partner at home? Was I present? Was I listening? Or was I off somewhere else? Or was I judging or labeling things? And if it was the latter, then you need to know that it is completely natural and very human to live in our heads so often, particularly when we're having conversations, because the mind is going to wander. It's what it does. And we know that it does that because it's trying to keep us safe from harm. It's trying to protect us. So if you want to have a successful conversation, then the first commitment that needs to be made is to choose to be present for it. And that's the first step. But the question is often, how can you choose to be present and what is that going to look like? So that is my lead into this mindfulness-based tool that I want to share with you to raise your conversation game and raise as in R-A-I-S-E. I put an acronym in there to help you understand, uh, well, actually to help you remember, because often it's not easy to think of the five steps when you're on the hoof. So firstly, or the first step to raising your conversation game from a mindfulness-based perspective is to reset before every conversation. And when you do that, it is going to bring you into the present moment. So it's going to bring you that presence that you need to have a meaningful exchange in a conversation. So how you do that, there's a very simple technique that you can do to basically land into that present moment. And it is as simple as stopping what you're doing, feeling your feet on the floor as you are sitting or standing, coming into stillness and wiggle your toes. You might want to raise your heels Take a deeper breath and really feel the support of the ground beneath you or the seat beneath you if you're sitting down. And that is a mindful landing into the conversation. So you're physically connecting your mind and your body. And that is one way to be present in the moment. Another way to help you reset before every conversation is to be aware of or be mindful of your transitions. So in our really fast paced, busy day, when we're going from one thing to the next. So we're getting breakfast ready. We're feeding the kids. We are loading the car. We're dropping off. We might be getting ourselves to the train station, getting onto the train, our journey to work. And we arrive in, we walk through the doors of our building, perhaps, or we're going upstairs into the office. And all of these different things are transitions. We might get coffee on the way, we might drink our coffee, we might sit in our seat, turning on our computer. These are all the examples of the wonderful opportunities to notice transitioning throughout your day. And what that is going to do is allow yourself firstly to say, okay, I'm transitioning, even if it's from one meeting to another, one phone call to another, take a moment in between each of those transitions and simply take a breath. So acknowledging that it is a transition opportunity, you're stopping what you're doing, so you're interrupting your thoughts. That's the key there. You're interrupting your chattering mind, your busy mind, and you're just pausing, even if it's for three seconds, allowing yourself to take a moment to breathe in. You're opening up to the next moment and you're breathing out the last moment. And why is it helpful? Because when you do that, you're releasing the tension. 
and you're releasing your thoughts of the previous conversation, let's say, or the previous meeting, and then you're creating some space because you're breathing out, you're creating space for new, and you're allowing this creativity and this openness for what's to come. And that is a really wonderful way to reset before your next conversation or piece of work or whatever it is that you're stepping into next. So a lot of this can be, what well, the day can be very, very busy. And sometimes it can be too much when you're holding everything in. So you're going from one thing to the next, to the next. There's not a sense of balance there at all. There's a sense of accumulation, of worry, of stress, of actions, of things to do, of your to-do list really building up. And there are no mindful resets going on. So that's why the first step here to raise your conversation game is to allow yourself to reset before you have another conversation. I'll move on to the second step and it is A for assess. So some conversations, as we know too well, can be uncomfortable. There might be a very difficult message to get out there. Um, it might be quite sensitive. We might be feeling a bit nervous thinking about the conversation. And that's because there's going to be an exchange between ourselves and others or another person. Whether it might be within your own team, it might be with your clients, it could be with your manager. It's often a sense of vulnerability that comes up for us because we can often feel exposed and maybe nervous that we are going to maybe upset somebody or perhaps expose an element of ourselves that we feel disappointed in if we have failed to meet a deadline or to do what's been asked of us or if we're asking more from others. So there's a lot of emotion that can be there behind conversations. And this step of assess means to really just take a moment again to assess where the other person may also be coming from, to assess the context of your conversation, and just to take a moment really to understand the people in front of you, whether that be on a call online or whether that be physically one-to-one, a group around you, an individual around you, and just really take time to develop the relational aspect of the conversation. You know, if it is with a friend or a, um, a family member, a child or your partner, really just looking at looking at them and seeing them in front of you just before you have the conversation and during the conversation and assessing where they might be coming from. You know, there is always the other party in a conversation and understanding the day they may have had, understanding their behavior, their general reactions to things, how they often respond or react. Um, And just having a sense of that and bringing that into your conversation will really help you to put your words in a way that you will probably be better understood. So you assessed, oh, okay, it's actually 9 p.m., I know, you know, my husband has had a very long and busy day. I'm sure he's tired. I feel tired. You know what? Maybe we should have this conversation tomorrow. That's an an assessment of the situation. And that is bringing your awareness into the context of the conversation. And if you go ahead and have the conversation, then you'll probably have it in a way where you're more understanding and you have perhaps more empathy and a bit more acknowledgement of the other person. So you're, you're almost taking a bit of a, um, a pulse or a temperature gauge of what's here, how the other person has arrived. And in the workplace as well, often if you're starting a meeting and you have somebody who comes in late, 
and they're they're a bit ruffled they're um a bit disorganized they're probably quite hot from perhaps running to the meeting so they're physically uncomfortable their mind is scattered they're probably feeling embarrassed perhaps or feeling upset or there are so many different things at play so just having an acknowledgement of that and tuning into a sense of that will help you have an exchange that is going to be more meaningful because you are you've got your finger on the pulse and you you're taking that temperature gauge so you're probably less likely to hold on to your own agenda so tightly and you might loosen it a little bit because of assessing who's around you or what the, what the contextual arrangement is for the meeting or the conversation. So assessing the situation, step two, is a very, very helpful step to take when you are wanting to have a conversation, particularly a one, uh, a conversation that is going to be a little bit um, unnerving for all parties. So taking your time with that. The third step in the raise your conversation method is intend. So the aim of a conversation, as we know, is, is really to be understood and to convey a message and being understood is, is usually why we have conversations. So if you consider what understanding it is that you wish to gain before the conversation, then you can be very clear around, around the conversation initially, but also how you might say something and what it is you want to say. So if you can know your intention for the conversation and set aside a little bit of time for this, and this is probably something that you do in a professional capacity where you might sit down, do some brainstorming, perhaps think of some options, some ways you might present what it is you want to say, um, perhaps um, predict some responses that you can potentially overcome in the conversation. But I wonder, do you do that in a personal context? Do you think about your intention for the conversation when you're talking to somebody in an informal setting, in a social setting, or at home with your family? And being intentional can really help you to have a much more fruitful conversation. It helps you break down somebody's needs and somebody's wants. It can also help you being clear about what it is you want to convey and perhaps guide you from go not going off on a tangent and, and allowing you to be clearer, knowing how you and how you intend the conversation to go and also what it is you intend to give and receive from the communication. So that again is not a hugely easy thing to do. But with practice, it's something that you can get a lot more skilled at, exchanging information and being clear during the conversation. And again, how you can do that is knowing your intention, but also bringing yourself back into the present conversation rather than going into the past or into the future, as you've mentioned in the first step. And all of this being wrapped up in an attitude of kindness for yourself and the other person, but also non-judgment, you know, not judging yourself harshly, not trying not to judge the other person and label, just really helping you to approach the conversation in a way that is intentional, but also that is sensitive to the context that you're both or the group you're speaking within. So being kind to yourself is going to help you go a long way. <laughs> Step number four relating to this is to stop and think before you speak. Something we all have heard of, something we all know, but something that is very, very difficult to do, especially in a heated conversation. 
And it's not always um, easy to do that, as I say. So how can we think before we speak from a mindful perspective? Well, the first thing is to basically take a micro mindful pause. And this is something I love to um, explore and guide people through because the power of the mindful pause is huge. (laughs) So taking a micro mindful pause, the space of just one pause can really make the world of difference. So you'll immediately then interrupt your thought spiral you'll immediately stop yourself in that moment from going off in a tangent or from perhaps getting over emotional or getting really angry or cross or frustrated. Taking a pause when you can feel the heat of the conversation rising, just stopping yourself and taking a breath just even for a millisecond will be the interruption you need. So you will be able to gather your thoughts, realize that you are perhaps feeling over emotive or feeling a little bit stressed or thinking that this conversation is not going the way you intended it to, taking that stop and then choosing to respond to the situation in a more mindful way, a a way that might be more caring, might be more thoughtful and less emotive and less reactive. So you simply feel your feet, you simply take a breath, you acknowledge you're taking a mindful pause and you create that space. You're taking your breath, you're creating that space to then maybe just shift differently along the path of your conversation in a different direction. So you can be more open to an exchange. So do experiment with taking micro pauses or even longer breaks as well. So if you are in a conversation, you feel actually it's not going the way you wanted it to and the exchange is not successful either from you or towards you, then you can always say, look, I think we can have, let's continue this conversation another time or taking a longer break. And then this idea of choosing to speak or listen. So it's a choice point during your conversation. It's, it's really this interplay between each person's choice to speak and listen. And the next time you are in a conversation, see if you can notice in your mind the thoughts getting ready and your mind preparing your thoughts for what you are going to say next. So if your attention is resting up in your mind and you're planning what you're going to say next, the one thing you're then not doing, because you can't do those two things at the same time, is you're not listening. So you're planning what you're going to say and therefore you're busy doing that. Therefore, you're not listening openly. So seeing if it's possible for you to choose to listen to someone when they are really speaking and just for a moment say, OK, let me just listen to what this person's saying. And then take a moment and not being afraid of pauses and of silences, taking that moment to really hear what they've said. And again, I know it's sometimes difficult and often very difficult to do this, but seeing if you can practice and play around with this idea of this choice point of when to speak and when to listen and giving the other person the time and space to speak. And if you do that, you know, experience tells us that the other person, if they feel heard and understood, are more likely to do two things, to listen to you when it's your turn, and also then to have more of an exchange rather than being interrupted. We all know how it feels. You're having a conversation and the other person you can see is not listening. You can see that they're distracted or that they're planning what they're going to say and their their bodily, um, their body language and their facial expressions are showing anything but a sense of listening 
So really, if you can change that and shift that around a little bit, the exchange is going to be a lot more powerful and a lot more meaningful. So stopping steps, bringing those into your conversation. And the last step to raising your conversation game is E. This is echoing back what it is you've heard. So another way to emphasize to the other person or to the group of people that they have been heard. And again, this is something I think many of us try to do and it will really demonstrate how you have been listening. And all listening really begins with presence. So you can only echo back what you've heard if you have actually heard it. If you have stopped planning what you're going to say and you've really listened and you're really present rather than a way off in the past or in the future and you're there for that conversation. Seeing then if you can relay back what it is you've heard. So simply listening, letting go of the other tendencies when they arise and how you can listen better is you can have the intention to echo back. So this is being part of your meeting or part of your conversation and building that into how you communicate now. So uh, what I've heard you say is X, Y, Z. Uh, okay, so are you saying this to me? And then relaying back what it is you've heard. And it will do a, a huge amount to emphasize to the other person that they really have been understood, which is part of the exchange and that you'll build that rapport and you'll, you know, you'll then in return get a sense of having a space for you to relay your message and to respond back. So reflecting what you heard before you respond is really helpful. And I'm sure the other person will then be more willing to listen when they feel heard. <laughs> so they are the raise your game, raise your conversation game steps. And they are these mindfulness-based tools and techniques that I offer to help you stop having conversations that get you nowhere, that are wasting your time and that make you feel really awful afterwards. This raise your game method is a wonderful way to really just enhance how you communicate, whether that's at work or at home with the people that you love. So here's to many artful conversations, sharing ideas and letting in the good and really raising your conversation game. So here are today's takeaways. Number one, conveying a message and being understood is usually why we converse. Number two, the key to successful conversations are presence and awareness. Number three, practice presence and awareness through the raise your game conversation method. Reset before each interaction. Assess, assess the way the people you're communicating with turn up. Intend, know your intention for the conversation. Stop and think, listen before you speak. And finally, echo, relay back what it is that you've understood. So thank you for listening to this raise method that I teach in my corporate workshops. I hope it works wonders for you too. And if you'd like me to work with you, then do get in touch. And also you can find me on Instagram at the underscore mindful guide, where I post regularly about techniques and mindful tools for a more balanced, calm, connected lifestyle. I look forward to the next time. Thank you for listening and bye for now.